Chapter 25 Tim took another step back when I returned the smile. He didn't realise I was dead. He couldn't kill me again, not unless I got brought back once more. If that happened, he wouldn't remember the previous time anyway. I don't know how he imagined I survived what he did to me. But I suppose the fact he could see me outweighed whatever his head said. He was unable to grasp any other explanation. You like killing redheads and dark-haired women in their 30s, don't you? What? I... I never. Just you. But you're... So I didn't. Are you going to finish a sentence today, I asked. Speaking of sentences, Julia chipped in. I should call the police. I turned around for a second and saw she was fishing her phone out of her bag before I focused my attention back on Tim. I wasn't going to let him run off and kill some other woman. If Julia called the police and they showed up, without any proof, all Tim had done was follow her through a car park. That isn't illegal. There was no way of proving his harmful intentions. It's not working, Julia said. I hadn't intended to, but I believe I somehow blocked the signal. Good, I replied. Tim made a move to bolt, but I ran the remaining few steps to him and grabbed him by both arms, pulling him backwards. I'm stronger than I used to be, I said. I don't understand. You don't need to. I pushed him on the ground, face first and pinned him down. I've been wondering about something. If I go into ghost form and pass my hand through your chest and materialise, will it hurt you? You're crazy, he exclaimed, causing me to stifle a laugh at the irony of his insult. Don't do it, you'll be as bad as he is, Julia pleaded. I thought back to earlier when I was in his room, first with his board of achievements. I've made my decision. If I don't do this, we'll never stop him. At least not before we kill someone else. I concentrated on turning only my arm to ghost form. As it was the first time I tried it, I felt surprised when it worked. Tim really did bring out the right emotions to help me transform so easily. I put my hand through his back as he shivered at the impact and struggled to get free. Please, he begged. He clearly wasn't enjoying this as much as when I he was the one in control. Isn't that what I said, but you still killed me anyway. I'm sorry, he said. I knew he wasn't remorseful in the slightest. Not for killing me anyway. His sorrow derived from realising he wouldn't be able to kill again and that the tables were turned. If he had the option, he would kill Julia and every other woman he took a shine to. I concentrated on making my arm solid again. Ah, Tim cried out. He twisted his head, tears fell down his face by that point. Any doubts I may have had slipped away when his face wrinkled in anger and he yelled, Fucking bitch, I should have taken longer to kill you. I weaved my arm through him. A mixture of hard and squishy things pushed against it. I guessed it were ribs and possibly his heart or other organs. It's not like I could see through Tim to know for sure. He jolted about on the ground like someone was electrocuting him. I hope that's how it felt for him, but much worse. Julia felt silent. I didn't know if she was still there or if she'd run off to find a phone to call the police from. Tim stopped moving, his eyes widened. I retracted my arm, which had become ghost-like again. Him no longer being alive seemed to be the trigger that made me unable to control it again. 
Footsteps approached from behind me. I turned around to face Julia. Are you still there? She whispered. I didn't answer. There was no point. She wouldn't hear me. I found the payphone and called the police. I know he was a killer, but I don't. I can't. I understood. She wouldn't have done the same thing in my position. There was a time when I wouldn't have either. Things changed though, like getting killed twice, then wanting the chapter of my life where I was a ghost to be done with. I just knew that if I killed him and put a stop to his killing, it would be over for me. I didn't know what would happen next, but I wanted more than anything for it to be over. I stood then looked at Julia. Her face was covered in white streaks where her foundation had been ruined by her tears. She turned away from Tim's dead body. Even knowing that it would be heard there if he'd had his way, it still caused her distress to look at him. She was a good person. Death changed me, I said, unsure whether she would be able to sense me or my admission. She nodded as if she seemed to get my point, even though she didn't agree with my actions. What do I do now? What do I tell the police? The sirens approached from somewhere behind us as if her words had conjured them. You'll think of something, I said. I left before the police arrived at the scene. I didn't know how much longer I would be a ghost. Maybe I would go to hell if this was all a test and I had failed it. If so, I had nothing left to lose, so I went to Emma. She was at her own place. I realised the version of events I recalled hadn't happened. She never moved in with Paul because Mum or Shelley could have told her about his secret hobbies. I watched her lying in the double bed alone. I remembered what Steve said about people close to sleep. Hey, sis, I whispered into her ear. Her eyelids flickered and gurgled, opening her mouth as if she wanted to speak, but the words were lost to her. I watched as she continued to doze. Why did you do it? I asked. Even if you wanted Paul that badly, that's no reason to hire a hitman. Technically, Tim wasn't a hitman. He had only killed one person for money. But the use of the words seemed to have an impact on my sister. She groaned and lifted her left arm before slamming it into the pillow. That's right. It's your fault I'm dead. And you can't live with my death on your conscience. I wasn't sure where those words came from, but I carried on. You're going to the police to hand yourself in. No, she mumbled. Yes, you are, I said, raising my voice. Because if you don't, I'll haunt you for the rest of your miserable life, which won't be that long. Emma jolted upright, fumbling for the lamp and knocking it over. I didn't know if I would go through with my threat. Emma was a terrible sister for paying Tim to kill me, but she wasn't a killer herself. She probably wouldn't do anything like that again. Sarah, she called out, scurrying off the bed towards the light switch. As the room lit up, she spun around, her head moving left to right and up and down. I wasn't sure how she expected me to be on the ceiling or under the bed as she got on her knees and peered underneath. She stood and flung open a wardrobe door. I took my chance to throw the bridesmaid dress at her. She brought it from my wedding to Paul. I only asked her because she was my sister and I had no female friends to speak of. She only said yes because her mum was in the room when I asked. I didn't know at the time that she was plotting to get me out of the picture and stop me marrying Paul, using any means necessary. Emma grabbed the dress and threw the garment to the floor, then stamped on it as if that would teach it never to throw itself at her again. 
I looked around the room as Emma backed away towards the door. I spotted a photo on the dresser of the two of us as teenagers, on the rare occasion when we seemed happy together. I made it shake, but refrained from throwing it at her. I used the energy around me to lift it so it floated slowly towards Emma. My sister opened her mouth as if she was about to scream, but only a small whimper escaped as the framed photo offered in front of her. She battered it away, causing it to fall face down onto the plush blue carpet. I focused on the light switch, throwing the room into near darkness, with only a street lamp from outside managing to force its beams through the gap in the curtains. I heard Emma fumbling for the door handle, so I leaned over her shoulder and whispered, Tell the police everything. She screamed as she found the handle and fled the room. Sometime later, I sat in the police station next to my sister. I followed her there, wanting to make sure she didn't change her mind. She was in such a hurry that she didn't change out of her pyjamas. She just put on her long red coat over them. Her face was pale, the first time I'd seen her as an adult without makeup. If someone thought her look was unusual, they didn't show it. I suppose they'd seen worse though. We waited there for 45 minutes before someone came along to talk to Emma. She told the man at the desk when she arrived that she was there to confess, but he looked disinterested when he took her name and told her to wait. Maybe he assumed she was a drunk. She was dressed like a drunk, or at least I thought so. Miss Winters? the young policeman asked. I saw the way Emma looked at him. He resembled a younger and slightly more rugged version of Paul. Yes, she said. You said you had something to confess, he said. Her eyes, his eyes fell to her pyjamas because she had unbuttoned her coat. I assumed it must be due to the heat, but as a ghost I couldn't feel the temperature. The policeman tried to hide the smirk of my sister's outlandish stress sense. I paid a man to kill my sister and helped him to frame an innocent man, Emma blurted out. A smile dropped from his lips and any sign of amusement vanished from his eyes. He shifted into serious cop mode as if someone had flicked the switch. You'd better follow me then, he said. He mouthed something to the guy at the desk, but I was following him from behind them, so I couldn't see to make any attempt at reading his lips. Emma was led to a room containing a metal desk with two chairs at one side and one at the other. I'm Officer Carlson, the man introduced himself while signalling her to take the solitary seat. Then he took one of the two seats opposite. Emma, my sister said, then I figured she recalled giving her name already as she added, but you knew that already. She looked down at the table, then at the door. I'm just waiting for a colleague to join me. Emma nodded. That's what he must have been asking the man at the desk. I assumed that meant this was serious because he wanted another officer present. The door opened, then the policewoman joined them. It took me a minute to place where I'd seen her before. A lanky frame which hovered over Emma made the policewoman look like she might be easily snapped in two. She was young, in her early twenties. Sophie, I realised. She was the woman who interviewed Julia. I could only glare at her. She had treated Julia like she exaggerated the actions of an unfriendly man, trying a little too hard to get a number, rather than the murder victim she almost became. If she botched us up, I might go for a poltergeist on her, 